So we've had hundreds of requests to basically pull the curtain back and kind of show people what it's like when we do, because we've talked about some of our outtakes and the like that we possibly share them with everybody. So what we've decided to do is not edit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're about to hear is the take of what it took to get the intro done for uh, for each of our interviews and basically we're just we're going to pull the curtain back and let you guys see the wizard of oz <laughs> the until the good bad and the ugly <laughs> until we get until we get tired of it so you know until that shtick has run it out so for for the hundreds of you that requested here you go Submission Coalition podcast number 32. Trey Deuce. <laughs> we got to sit down with Shay McCarthy. She is a jiu-jitsu practitioner who also runs a business called Heritage Herb. And it has a lot of um, benefit to the jiu-jitsu community as far as recovery. She has some really good um, ideas on recovery. Are you falling asleep again? Yes, I am. God damn it. I am falling asleep again. All right. Submission Coalition podcast number 32 with 32. Shay McCarthy. Let me get my trade do so. All right, all right, all right. Take three. Submission Coalition podcast number 32. Now you did the voice inflection. God damn it. Like up and down, up and down. All right. Submission Coalition podcast number 32. The Trey Deuce. With Shay McCarthy. This is version 2.0 if you're not listening. Yes, we already tried this one I before. took a stripe away from us the first time this happened. <laughs> we uh, we interviewed Shay before, and we lost the entire interview on our way up to ja- uh, was it Jacksonville. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was Jacksonville. Jacksonville. So so this was the second time we uh, interviewed Shay. So we tried to act surprised, so if it doesn't come <laughs> off that way. Sorry, guys. Yep, sorry. <laughs> she runs a company. Uh, she owns the business uh, called Heritage Herbs. and uh, the, they, they, they can find that out when they listen. All right, all right, fine. Yeah. All right. You want me to do it again? I don't know. It's up to you. All right. Anyways, enjoy it, guys. Okay, good. Yay! It was doing all kinds of weird stuff, like trying to install Zoom on my computer. Whatever. We figured it out. <laughs> awesome. Ready, Nate? Yeah, I, I've been ready. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. We're with Shay. She's one of our students that um, has a pretty unique business that she she does. That's actually pretty instrumental in recovery and kind of general jujitsu lifestyle help. Um, So we wanted to sit down and talk to Shay a little bit about it. Well, let's, let's actually talk about what's real here. Um, we've already done this interview yeah. and <laughs> we had a dress rehearsal. <laughs> uh, we, we were on our way up to uh, 10th planet Jacksonville. And during the drive, we decided to have our conversation and, and record it. And we lost all of it. Um, <laughs> we lost all of it. Yeah, we so, did. Yeah. So, so this is take two. Um, you know, so we're, we're going to pretend like some of the stuff we're going to talk about is the first time that, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that we're talking about it. Totally. So, yeah. So if, if, if our listeners, you know, they're like, wow, they, they didn't really feel like they were shocked when they heard that. It's because <laughs> it's we really already knew. Um, <laughs> we're, just, we're just pretending. So. Cats out of the bag. So, tell- Tell everybody a little bit about the business, uh, about Heritage Herb and, and what you do and, and all of that. Sorry, you're back. Um, so Heritage Herbs is a business that I started with the help of my husband. Um, I, for a while there, I was making these products for myself because I have a lot of allergies and skin sensitivity to things with fragrance or different ingredients that aren't very simple ingredients, you know, just like basic coconut oil or things like that. So I started experimenting making things for myself and for my family. And then as I got more experience doing that, I thought, you know, I could start a little business because I was giving them away to family and they would try them. They were my guinea pigs and they would give me feedback. So then I just started really basic with like tinctures, herbal tinctures and some magnesium skin cream and magnesium oil. And then as that kind of took off, I started venturing out into different things like soap making and 
you know, all kinds of different stuff now that we've tried making. So it really started from just a necessity of needing these products because I was having reactions and I was having issues to things. So that's really where it started. And then we, um, we started going to farmers markets and artisan markets and it really started to take off and people were giving us great feedback. So then we ventured into the world of CBD and started making CBD salves, which a lot of people have found beneficial. So it's just kind of taken off since then. And we have our website up. So we have an online um, e-commerce platform, which is really cool, especially with the whole shutdown because a lot of the farmers markets were closed. So that allowed us to continue to get the products out to people. So that's pretty much where it started, just in our kitchen. And it's still still going on in our kitchen. So started in your kitchen in Fight Club. That's where they started making soap. <laughs> uh, I don't use, I use only plant ingredients. <laughs> no human uh, fat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so kind of, uh, if you can kind of go over like what products especially are good for like jujitsu practitioners for recovery and that kind of thing. Cause I know there's, there's specific products that, that we use on a regular basis that, that we find really beneficial. Yes, actually, um, Kyle and I were talking about maybe even putting together like a fighter pack, like the top things that we think would help fighters or even just athletes in general, because we all get sore, especially doing jujitsu. It's rough on the body sometimes. So I would say the most important things, even for people that aren't athletes, just everyday people, is magnesium supplementation. Because a lot of our soil has been so denatured that the minerals and nutrients that used to be in it aren't necessarily in it anymore. And um, it's actually interesting when you do a blood test to see if you're deficient in magnesium, it's not necessarily accurate. So a lot of people will think, oh, I'm not deficient, you know, everything's fine. But if they start to supplement with magnesium, they'll often start to feel better. So for example, people that have um, chronic fatigue, restless legs, which I have that myself, it's not fun, but the magnesium helps migraines, um, even just stiff muscles. The best way to help with that is not to take a pill of magnesium or like a, a drink. That will relax the bowels, which you don't necessarily want, maybe, maybe in some instances, but that's not what you want. So the best way to get it is through your skin, transdermally. And that way it's not gonna relax the, um, the, the intestines, it will relax your muscles. So I'd say magnesium transdermal through the skin is a really important thing. Also iodine supplementation especially with the amount of um, chlorine that we're exposed to either in our drinking water when we're showering the iodine basically helps counteract any negative effects from those things actually i have a little document here um, they're referred to as halog uh, halogens so those are things like bromine fluorine chlorine um, and we are exposed to those things every day um, so iodine is really really important also for uh, thyroid health. So people that might have Hashimoto's or metabolism issues, iodine can help with that as well as helping with um, increased energy. And it was interesting too, they did an experiment where they uh, used iodine in pools for swimmers instead of chlorine and the swimmers actually preferred it. And we, um, we started using iodine in our hot tub, which it makes the water a little bit of like a weird color, but I find that it's much easier on my skin you know, when you're in chlorine for a long time and like your hair is going green and your skin's dry. So I found that the iodine actually is nicer to, uh, to bathe in as well. But we have it in tincture form. So you would take it like as a tincture in the morning. I say to take it in the morning because it will boost your energy. So if you take it at night, you might not be able to sleep. So I usually take that in the morning. So magnesium, iodine, let's see, CBD as well, but it really depends if you benefit more from it transdermally, like, you know, like for putting it on your skin for sore muscles. Some people get effects taking it internally as a tincture, but it really depends, you know, for the person, everybody's different to how they react to things. So I'd say CBD, yeah, I know. like chronic pain. Yeah. I know we, yeah, we, we kind of tested it both orally and topically, and I'm finding for me, more benefit topically. Yes. I, I really didn't feel anything off of the, um, the, the, the oral texture, yeah. at all. But the topical with my, my facial paralysis and stuff uh, is definitely helped me there. And, and topically, like your, your CBD um, salve yeah. is 
that's the, that's the shit right there. I have it, I have it like right. I've been putting it on my neck all morning because my neck is really really sore from all the workouts at Dark Wolf. So yeah, I've been putting that on constantly, and it's nice too because it has other things that are anti-inflammatory like ginger root, arnica flowers. So it's really good for just overall pain relief, which is really nice. And the menthol gives a nice little cooling effect. Well, we definitely found with with Melissa's you know, paralysis or eye twitch or whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's what caused it, but we definitely see a result. Um, when my comedy is on point, her eye twitches like a mofo. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's... He's terrible. <laughs> so... You're not going to address that, are you? No. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> moving on? <laughs> yeah. Moving on, pretend that didn't even happen. <laughs> you can't. Your eyes can start twitching. It's already you. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I think that would be an awesome idea to make an athlete pack. Yes. Like a, All there. Just like an athlete pack or, recover, or recovery pack or however you want to. Mm -hmm. We'd be all over that. Like, we need to hook up with you about the iodine because we haven't, we've done the magnesium, yes. probably not as much as we should, um, but we, we haven't done the iodine yet. The iodine is awesome. It's a game changer, especially for, you know, like the, when the thyroid is too slow and people are having, you know, unwanted weight gain and things like this. It's, it's a game changer for a lot of people. And I just feel it helps with my energy levels, which is a nice little added benefit. But yeah, you guys, I will bring you in a sample so you can try it. Okay. Um, it tastes kind of funny. So I water it down, you know, I'll put like a glass of water, put a couple drops in and you start out small. You want to start out with like two drops and you can work your way up as you feel you can. It's different for everybody. I take about so, 20 so when drops. You say, when you say it tastes funny. Tastes like iodine. Because like, 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 like the CBD stuff, when you do that, if you're not ready for it, I mean, it, it's, it's like taking, you lawn. know, yeah, lawn putting your lawn in your mouth. <laughs> it definitely is. Now they do have like flavored CBDs, like a peppermint one, cinnamon. They're coming out with all kinds of flavors now. So it does help mask that very earthy flavor if you're not into it. So that's a little bit of a benefit. But the iodine, I don't think we can necessarily change the flavor. So I just water it down. And really, if you're taking only a couple drops in a glass of water, you're not going to taste it at all. Right. But it's not like delicious. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Now, I know in our previous conversation, um, unfortunately, the timing of it's not as relevant. As relevant. <laughs> But we were talking about um, the documentary on veganism. The and, Game Changers? Uh, yeah, Game Changers. And kind of some of your thoughts on it, because you guys are vegan. Yes, we are, yep. For a while. Yes. Yeah, it been, has nothing to do with the film. No, um, we've been vegetarian for probably over 10 years, but vegan for probably about six So, and I mean, I dabbled with it before then, but, you know, I wasn't like really ready to give up cheese yet, <laughs> but it actually took health problems for me to be like, all right, it's time to try something. Um, Cause I had polycystic ovarian syndrome all through my young adult life. And up until right before um, we became pregnant with our son. So this was like a debilitating con condition where I was in the hospital frequently um, having extremely bad pain to the point of like passing out. The pain was so bad. So I was really at my wits end, you know, like I need to try something. So I had read about dairy and, you know, um, it affecting hormones because you're intaking, you know, mammalian estrogen through a lactating mammal. So I thought, okay, let me try this out. And it was not easy because I love cheese. I love it so much. <laughs> I love sour cream, cream cheese, all of that. And it was really hard to give it up. But now I found that it's, it's so easy nowadays because they have so many different options at the store for like cream cheeses or meltable cheese. So it's not gonna be the exact same, like the melted cheese, but the cream cheese is pretty dang close. It tastes really, really good. So that's what got me to finally give up the dairy. I hadn't eaten meat for years anyways. Um, it was really, again, like a necessity with the products. Like I gotta try something. And you know, luckily I haven't had an incident where I've needed to go to the hospital or I've had any issues in that regard since. So for me, it's working out well, and I'm happy with the results because I don't have to necessarily like count calories or limit myself. I can just eat until I'm full, eat whenever I want to, as long as I'm making smart choices, you know, like 
Oreos and potato chips are vegan, but I'm not going to necessarily eat those and say, oh, I'm being healthy, you know? So it's about eating as many whole foods as I can, you know, lots of beans, rice, uh, potatoes, corn, squash. We eat a lot of starches, but we don't, you know, drizzle it with like butter or oil. That way you can eat as much as you want. You don't have to worry about, you know, necessarily unwanted calories or things like that. So that's what I like about it. I get to eat a lot. (laughs) Makes me happy. Well, and, and I mean, for all six of our listeners, in, in the, the people trying to do rebuttals to not just, I mean, because unfortunately, I mean, too many people, I mean, your diet is not your identity and too many people suddenly they, they make it into this, into this thing. Yeah. Um, and so the rebuttals that people were trying to put out there about one lifestyle choice versus another um, you, you got the carnivore diet where everybody eats only meat, yeah. you, you got, you got veganism and the like, but the argument, one of the arguments was, you know, performance, mm-hmm. not strong enough that the body requires. And Kyle is strong as, I mean, <laughs> like a bull. Hey, you're for somebody that, I mean, if, if, if you had to make an assumption of a person's diet based off their performance, most people are going to go, there's no way he's vegan. Right. Right. Which I love. I mean, I that's, that, right. Exactly. Cause I mean, he, he is as about as strong as they come, you know, he his his strength doesn't feel like, I mean, you get some people, you know, gym strength versus real strength. Yes. Yes. You see some people that, that their muscle is for show yes. that it, it's built to look aesthetic and everything else. And his muscle is performance, you know? So the whole adage of, you know, you can't be strong and you can't perform because you're on a plant-based lifestyle is complete bullshit because yes. I mean, I mean, Kyle is an ex- easy real world example of somebody who performs at a high level, higher level than most people, um, size to strength ratios, everything else. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, he is, he is phenomenally strong. So I mean, it just throws that, that whole argument out the window. Yes. I, I completely agree with you. Definitely. Now, does that mean that, um, all vegans are super strong? No, not necessarily. Right. Because the vegan diet is great. It's wonderful. It's fueling us, but also it's hard work that's put into, you know? So Correct. I wouldn't say yeah. that it's like a cure-all for, for everybody that has no athletic potential, but it's enough, like you said, it's, it's enough to fuel him to be that strong. So there aren't necessarily like deficiencies in his strength or he's a soy boy who's emaciated and, you know, like, tofu <laughs> all day. Oh, we got to use that later. That's amazing. Uh. <laughs> yeah, because I know there's the whole soy, soy boy thing that's going around, but yeah. I like I like that we can kind of, squash that myth and of course there are you know little skinny emaciated vegans because they're not necessarily training they're not eating the right things um there's a lot of vegan junk food out there and it's not good for you especially the stuff with canola oil in it and all these artificial ingredients like i think it's great that they're making meat replacements um but i prefer more of the traditional kinds like seitan which you make with wheat protein you make it at home it's been consumed for thousands of years, especially in Asia. Like it's a very traditional food, but all of these like Beyond Burger and all these lab created things, I don't necessarily think they're healthy for people. I think they could be the equivalent of just eating the meat that they had before, you know? So I don't necessarily think Beyond Burger and all that stuff is necessarily good. And now we're entering this whole weird realm of like, lab created like meat made from stem cells and it's just getting really weird so i don't you know i wouldn't advocate to necessarily like eat this lab grown stuff um but yeah i think whole foods as much as you can well, consume I'm, whole foods well, I, i'm one of those individuals that you know I'll, I'll admit i mean years and years and years ago um obviously the world back then is not what it is now opportunity um, with today's agriculture and the like is, is a little bit easier when, yes. when I dabbled with, uh, vegetarian, not veganism, but vegetarian probably 15 years ago. Um, 
it was a little bit of a different landscape. Um, you know, and so, you know, and, and also I'll throw it out there, my own ignorance. Yeah. You know, I didn't do research. I just thought you go to the grocery store and you, you just, you know, I'm grabbing fruits and vegetables from, from that area and just, you know, and you're not, I'm not looking at nutrition. Right. I'm just grabbing, well, I like that. And I like that. And if I just eat that and, you know, but you know, I, I am a meat eater, but I hate modern agriculture and ranching. And so as a, you know, as an individual, that's like, you know, I like beef. That's, that's kind of like my preference, but I hate looking at how beef is produced. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so, you know, it's one of those things where I, I'm just like from a, from an ethical, from a weirdly ethical standard of saying, you know, if, if there was that meat scientific goo <laughs> that didn't kill a cow yes. that could give me the same flavor i'm like yes. you know I, i'm like I'm, I'm kind of for it but at yeah. the same time but at the same time i'm also looking at it going that is just weird <laughs> <laughs> i know they have the ones that like bleed and everything it's it's uh, weird but i, I do agree with you ethically if we could have the same taste the same feel that we that we like and that we crave without you know needless suffering i'm all for it i think it's great you know and i think the general movement in that direction is a good thing because you know we 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 don't have glass panes into slaughterhouses we don't see like how the factory farming thing is done it's way different than you know like you had a couple cows and you shot it and it was done and that was it and you fed your family for like a year <laughs> today it's just assembly line and even with the dairy did i get disconnected it says it's time hey, hey, uh oh no we lost her darn it oh we should dial back in hopefully let me get it back yes it's been really cool so far do the info mm -hmm. for the alert since she's gone i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready, ready. I'm ready. Do it. Do it. I want to ask her about her thoughts on Well, let me be honest. I mean, Game Changers kind of <laughs> died out. Tell, tell her to dial back in. Same bat time, same bat channel, or maybe this is just a sign that this interview is not to be, that, that we're about to touch on some things that the universe just doesn't want discussed. If you believe in that kind of stuff. Mm. Something, but whatever, I'm back. I think I was talking about 
um, dairy too, you know, how inhumane yeah. it is a lot of times because we forget that a cow has to be perpetually pregnant to produce milk. So they're, you know, artificially inseminated, right. which is, ugh, it's gross. And then just taking their babies away over and over again. And there's videos of the cows crying for their babies and it just, it breaks my heart. So I can't imagine that happening to me. So mm -hmm. I just, yeah, it's sad. It's different than, you know, when you had the cow out back and you'd milk them once a day and, you know, and that was it. The factory farm thing is just, it's sad. It's sad. So I know last time we talked, um, Game Changers was brand new, and I know yeah. you had had a few issues with Game Changers in general. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen it in so long. I thought overall it was a good um, documentary, especially I feel that they wanted to target men and to let them know, you know, meat doesn't necessarily make you more manly, you know, it actually can um, have adverse effects. Um, but you know, there are obviously some questions about who funded this, and I believe it was James Cameron who has his own pea protein. Yes. So, you know, you could say right there, conflict yes. of interest, for sure. Now, I don't necessarily think that it just negates all of the vital information that was shared in it, but you have to ask, like, why is James Cameron into this all of a sudden? And of course, it's to make money. <laughs> so. Well, and, and to be honest, th that actually was a very interesting part because when when it first came out i mean it hit i mean it was the tiger king before tiger king i mean it was all it was all anybody in the sports and especially mma community were talking about was was game changers then the rebuttals came out and the the rogan podcast and the like i mean they were having their online arguments and and everything else and yeah it the, when it came out about Cameron and being the the major backing and, and everything else, then it, it seemed to kind of die. It, mm -hmm. From the public light and the big discussions and the like, it just kind of seemed to dissipate. Um, you know, and it, it definitely though the part that I did enjoy is I I enjoy a good healthy debate. Yes. That it's one of those things. It's you know, when you ask people, why do you do that? The answer, because that's the way it's always been done. It's in my opinion, that's never good enough. Yeah. I agree. Um, and, and if you really do believe what you believe, then being challenged in a courteous manner, you know, either it's going to, as you say, your explanations, it's either going to say no with this other viewpoint now i actually feel that that i'm i am still on the correct path and i do believe this is still the best for me or it's going to open your mind to another idea so maybe like for myself when we started watching the film um i wasn't looking at it at going oh i'm converted but i was definitely looking at it going and both melissa and i were going you know what we really do need to kind of look at our diet though we do sure, need to, to look at it and clean it up and, and, and start making a couple other decisions. Um, and I think that's what the healthy debate is really all about. Definitely. I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a conversion of trying to get one to come to the other. I think it truly is about getting a better understanding. And I think both sides came to it from polar opposites, almost expecting people to meet in the middle as opposed yeah. to because you know, like when, when they were making their statements in the movie, uh, some of them were, I mean, they were very, some of the statements were very grandiose. And so the counterpoints also extremely grandiose. I mean, it's like, it's like both of them were almost throwing up straw man arguments. Um, you know, that in some of them just, you know, I don't want to say that they were absurd, but they were so grand in their comments. But I did, I did honestly enjoy the debate though that came from it. You know, that, that was a big part for me. The one on the Rogan show. That was a good debate. But just, just even, even, even our own groups discussions yeah. of, yeah. of, of it. I mean, cause like I said, yeah. I, I enjoy healthy debates, not arguments. I enjoy debates where, you know, people can express differences of opinion 
it's kind of like a technique thing. You know, yeah. we, we go into jujitsu and we know there's no one perfect armbar. Right. It doesn't exist. There's, there's a lot of variations and a lot of options. And, and because of, of your body type, you know, whether you're short or tall or thick or slender, whatever, there's always modifications that make one thing more appropriate for you and one thing more appropriate for another. But by understanding each other's viewpoints, you can still become better even at your side of it. Absolutely. There's always room for improvement. You know, even with vegans, like it's not necessarily, oh, you know, just because you're vegan, you um, have everything figured out and you are perfect. Not at all. I'm constantly like changing the way I eat, you know, trying to find, okay, what is better balanced here and always trying to refine things. It's not like you've arrived once you've become vegan, you know? And I think a lot of um, the vegan community, which I don't even really like to identify with, I don't even like to go out there and be like, I'm vegan because it's annoying. And a lot of what they do is, I think, counterproductive. They go and they like go into restaurants and, you know, like protest, whatever, that's their right. But it turns people off, you know, and they kind of shame them and make them feel like you're evil, you're bad people. And then I think it just turns people off completely. They think this is some kind of weird cult. They don't want to be part of it. They don't want to be made to feel guilty all the time. So I think sometimes it turns people off, you know, the whole movement. Well, and that's where, that's where I felt when, when Game Changers came out and when the debates began, that's where I almost felt that the opposition was at as well, that I mean, I'm, I'm a omnivore. I'm, I mean, I used to consider myself to be a carnivore, but clearly that's not the case. Um, but I was getting annoyed at the opposition's argument as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, and that's where I was sitting there going, man, this is, this is horrible that, you know, it's like, I, I've never, I've never in my life walked along and, and said, you know, that, that, you know, like, I am this armbar. Right, like, like it's your own What point. I do today, which, which, I mean, honestly, I, I have to put it out there. I am the worst, I am the worst on this topic, period. Um, because to me, one of my guilty pleasures was, you know, eating Chinese food while watching The Biggest Loser. Um, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> so... <laughs> So I mean, you know, I, I you know, I'm I'm purely just an objective observer, you know, in in any of this stuff. I mean, I, I claim absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I claim the opposite. I mean, I, I claim that any information I throw out there is purely based on my own ignorance. Um, you know, but but it was one of those I found it was interesting because it was it was the opposition, the meat eaters that were coming out that sounded the same way you were just describing how people have have talked about veganism I'm, I'm like you guys are sounding absurd the way you're trying to force you know that i mean it's like i i've met and i know a decent amount of people who have chosen a plant-based lifestyle that from pure performance alone in their life you would never know it i mean you would never know it yeah. They're, I mean, the, the idea that people have in their head of the 70s um, health food fanatic, you know, I, I haven't seen that in decades. No, um, no. And like, there are so many different um, kinds of veganism out there now, and they all like argue amongst themselves, which is just really stupid. You have your fruitarians, which... I don't know how any of those people survive on fruit. I would just die. <laughs> I love fruit, but I, I can't live off of fruit personally. Um, a, it's super expensive. Uh, B, I don't feel fueled at all eating just fruit. So there's those people, there's the raw vegans who believe that if you cook your food, all of the nutrition is taken out of it. And I just think that's ridiculous. I personally feel that we've evolved to eat cooked foods and some foods are actually better and easier to digest once they're cooked. So. It's just all these little groups that think that they are right. And I just like to kind of be neutral. Obviously I'm plant-based and that's the way that I eat, but I don't see it as like my complete identity. And I need to fight with all these other people because they're not doing what I think. Um, 
So unfortunately, I think a lot of it becomes counterproductive. You know, they say that they're trying to help people, but sometimes it ends up just turning people off and uh, having unnecessary conflict between people that agree on the most important thing. So yeah, it's, it's a whole weird mess, <laughs> all this different stuff, yeah. but yeah. So with, with jujitsu and the like, because again, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like my shtick on this show for all six of my listeners of jujitsu origins yes. um, of, of how people, you know, came into jujitsu. Um, you know, cause most of us, you know, like for myself, I didn't find jujitsu until uh, I was about 23, you know, somewhere in there. Um, but I was already a martial artist um, in other aspects and the like. So it probably wasn't that odd for me to eventually find my way to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but how did, how did you end up getting started um, in this art? Um, so basically, and, oh, sorry, I think it froze. Okay. No, you're good. Okay, so um, yeah. I had had, you know, some like scary incidents happen in my past and I noticed that I completely froze in the moment which I walked around, oh, I'm tough, I'll never freeze, you know, I'll always be a fighter. But no, that's not the case. When you don't train these scenarios over and over and over again and prepare your body and your mind to fight, um, especially in a self-defense situation, you'll probably freeze. And that's just what happens. Right. So I started looking into the best form of self-defense for females which just so happens to be the best for all people. But I was looking, you know, I don't want any of these stupid, like eye gouge, punch them in the nuts, you know, those kinds of things that just seemed to be far-fetched. And some of these techniques that they're teaching women seem absolutely ridiculous and not, uh, not like they're not gonna work. So I started researching um, jujitsu and I had watched something on YouTube about the whole women empowered thing with the Gracie guys in California. I thought that was really cool. So I started looking around for jujitsu schools and um, I was working in the Port Orange area at the time. So I found um, Half Gracie had just opened up there. I went for my first class. Um, the first thing I ever learned was the UPA, which I thought was so cool. And I just fell in love from day one. I thought this is the coolest ever. I don't even care if I'm the only girl here, whatever. Like, let me put myself in an uncomfortable situation because I'm sure I'll grow. And that was 100% true. Um, I, I uh, did jujitsu there for maybe about like a little less than a year. And then when I switched employment, I found you guys that were so much closer to where I lived. And I fell in love with Dark Wolf after the first day as well. And I learned things from you guys that I hadn't even, they weren't even on my radar, you know, from the other place, not knocking the other place. But, you know, when you go to different schools, they have their different things. Yeah. So yeah, I have our different flavors. Yes, and I was starting to learn that, oh, I can be on top and have a top game. Even though I'm a smaller female, I'm not necessarily like super strong. That doesn't matter if I, you know, use technique and learn how to have a top game and learn submissions from positions that I'm not always in, I can expand my, my game and my knowledge. So I really got into it for self-defense and then fell in love with it just as an art form. Um, you know, I've competed a couple times, which... I don't necessarily like, but I do it to like desensitize myself to it. And also, you know, you guys mentioned that if you're doing this for self-defense, you really want to do at least one tournament to, to see how it feels, that adrenaline dump, how things are way different in a competition setting. They're coming at you 100%. They're not just, you know, rolling around at the end of class with you and laughing. So um, I've learned a lot and gained a lot of experience from doing those tournaments, which is really cool. And uh, I want to continue to do that because I feel like you grow a lot in doing a tournament. Even if you don't win, you learn so much just in that one day. So that's how I got into it. And I don't have any plans of getting out of it. So, yeah. Well, and it's, it, it really is like you were just talking about. The, uh, everybody has this idea in their head of when, when the shit goes down, of how you think you're going to respond. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, even now, you know, we, we still have this idea of, you know, even after training for a while, we have this idea of how it's going to go down. And I'll admit, first time I ever had a knife pulled on me, you know, I, I froze. I mean, the, the scenarios of, of everything going through my mind of what could or couldn't happen, 
Um, same thing. The first time I had a gun pulled on me, um, again, same thing. It's, it's a different scenario. I mean, you're, you're thinking about all these things, you know, I did this martial art or I did that martial art and, and I'm, I'm prepared and I'm ready. And then the real deal hits you. And, you know, I'll, I'll admit, man, I was standing in the middle of a parking lot doing the funky chick and trying to find <laughs> any place I could go when that gun came out and I saw a muzzle flash, you know, going off. I mean, take, take all my martial arts training. And I mean, like I said, I'm in the middle of a parking lot doing a funky chicken because I didn't have any cars. I didn't have I, not even a pebble in the road. I'm just standing there an open target. Wow. You know, yeah. and, and I'm just seeing the muzzle flash from the gun and, and everything else. And, you know, all this bullshit about disarm techniques and everything else. I mean, he's 20 feet away. Yeah. Can't do that little you know. trick. I think also right. <laughs> a lot of us have, right. myself included, you know, um, if you have a concealed carry, you have this illusion that that's all you need. You know, I have a gun. Of course, I'll just shoot them. But how do you right. get to your gun when they're sitting on top of you? Or how do you get to your gun when they're choking you? Or, you know, there are things that you need to drill and experience to know, yeah. okay, well, someone's sitting on top of me. I, there are ways I can get them off of me so I can get to my gun. But I think it's a false sense of security a lot of times. I'm not saying to not do it, but there's more that needs to be trained other than firearms training, right. which is great, but you need all the stuff you can get. So now I'm trying to remember when, when you and Kyle first met, was, was yes. had you already started jujitsu yet? Or, no. um, nope. and then, so, so, now, if I also remember correct, now you started before him, though. Yes, I did. In jujitsu, I think yes. you were the catalyst that got him to start training. Yes. Yep. As so soon what, as I what was his first reaction? So he was like, "That's great. That's great that you're doing jujitsu." And we we rolled a couple times at home, you know, no gi, because um, he didn't have a gi, and it was fun and everything. But um, I I knew that he would love it if he just you know was able to make it to a class. When I was going in Port Orange, it was very hard because he would be watching our son by the time I got home. It's like a 45 minute commute for him to go to class. So it just wasn't logistically going to work out. So once we found you guys, I was like, this is it. This is the time to go. And he was like, oh, all right, I'll try it. And of course, fell in love with it and trains probably more than I do now. <laughs> and, you know, he <laughs> loves to compete and all of that. So I'm really, really glad that after a year of, you know, talking about how awesome jujitsu is, he finally joined and he loves it. So I'm really, really glad. Yeah. I'm actually seeing that a lot, um, women getting their husbands into it, which is just so cool. I love it. Right, which, which is an interesting difference because it used to be the other way the around. Other way around. The, exactly. the guys were, were jumping in and then the like, same thing with Melissa. I mean, it took me years to get her to start to train and you're starting to hear that trend of, going in reverse. of the ladies yeah. training and then starting to talk their significance into it, you know, which I, I think is a, is a, is a cool trend in the, uh, in the sport. Definitely. It's really, really cool. And now there are so much uh, more women than when, you know, Melissa started. I mean, there was probably like hardly anybody, right. It was definitely male dominated. Yeah, there was none. Yeah. So I give you props for being able to do that. You know, it takes a special person. It's very intimidating, especially as a female, you know, to be around all these big dudes that like know how to kill you. But it's worth it if you hang in for a while and you learn some of the tricks. And, and so many of the guys in jiu-jitsu, not all, of course, they're bad apples, but they've been so supportive and so helpful to me. And it was so nice to experience that, to have guys take me under their wing and be like, here, let me teach you how to choke somebody out or break their arm. And it's really cool. I like it. So what's been one of your uh, favorite moments of, of jiu-jitsu so far? Probably my favorite moments of jujitsu. I'm probably like at a tournament where I think there was that one, my last tournament as a white belt, I had just gotten over the stomach bug. I hadn't eaten in probably like three days, but you know, my fever was down. Everything was good. I felt like, you know, I should try to go to this tournament. I've paid for it and I feel bad if I don't show up and my opponent doesn't have anybody. So I was like, well, let me just see what happens. And, um, I showed up, you know, not feeling 100% and, uh, you know, just going into it like, hey, let's see what happens. I'm not dead set on winning. I just want to try to survive. And I ended up winning both matches, which really surprised me. 
Um, but it was really cool to see that, okay, look, when you take this opportunity where you don't necessarily, you know, know if you're going to win hundred percent, but you try your best and something good happens. That was cool. That was good feedback to me that, all right, this was worth it. It was worth pushing yourself. And you know, you, you learn a lot from a tournament. Definitely. Cause you've never gone with this person before, you know, the people at your gym, you kind of know what their specialty is and they know right. the move that we just practiced. Um, but it's really fun to go against someone that you have never rolled with before or ever even met. You don't know what school they're from or anything. So those are probably my favorite moments. Also, my blue belt testing was really cool. Um, I had never gone through something like that before. So that was really awesome. It, it kind of like breaks you down, not in a negative way, like not traumatizing, but breaks you down to where you think you have like nothing left in your gas tank because you're, you have a whole line of people that you're having to spar with. But everybody's cheering you on. And, um, and once you're done, once you fight through that, even when you feel like you can't do it, the feeling of like euphoria after is, is awesome. So that was probably one of my most favorite moments as well was the blue belt yeah. testing. Well, and that's where, to be honest with you, like that started for me, uh, was my brown belt <laughs> test with, uh, with sensei Eric. Um, I got my nose broken in the first round. Um, and then I, I can't remember exactly how many rounds we did, but I was talking with him. Um, and you know, this was, I mean, I was talking with him months later and he was really kind of telling me about how, like at that point I was going for my brown belt in uh, Okinawa Goju, not jujitsu. Okay. Um, I was going for my brown belt and the next belt is going to be my black belt. And, you know, as he told me, he said, well, that was a really hard grading because we've spent all this time building you up, building you up, building you up. He goes, and now it was as you're preparing to make your transition into your black belt, we, it's time to humble you again yes. and, <laughs> and, and, and kind of show you that as much as, as, as we gain and grow through this thing, that there's still so much more for us to do. And now I, I kind of took that idea and brought it into, into that environment because at the end of it, the goal is never to break anybody. It's, it's, it's you know, from the outside looking in, they probably wouldn't understand it. Right. But but at the end of that, you know that you've earned it. Oh yeah. You you Nothing you know you. that that ultimately speaking, that when 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 you wear you know your your belt or just your skill level in general or whatever, you feel a more of a sense of accomplishment, if you will. Yes. Um, and also at the same time kind of going into it with that refreshed view of saying, yeah, there, there's still a lot more levels to this thing to, uh, to grow. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I know you have a meeting coming up here pretty shortly. So yeah. Eight minutes. yeah, but we'll give her an opportunity to do her. We're more important. Why don't you, Take this opportunity to kind of uh, put out there how people can get your products, can reach out to you to ask you questions, um, any of your social media. Now, now, also just real quick for our six listeners. Um, this is, I mean, because unfortunately I had to do this on Instagram and Instagram still doesn't believe me because I did a post about some of the stuff that we've been using and it's like, um, this is a partnership. And I'm like, no, this is, this is a non-paid yeah. This is, we truly believe we, we use oh, the you. stuff that, the stuff that you guys do. And I mean, we really find benefit with it and everything else. And so, so for people listening, this is not a paid advertisement. No. This no. is, this is not, this, this is truly us saying we actively use a lot of the stuff that you guys create more from the, from the athlete side of it. And and truly, I mean, it's stuff that, you know, that, that, that we do on a day in day out basis. I mean, I literally have one of the CBD, CBD salve, salve in, yep. in my backpack that travels with <laughs> yeah. me every day. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and so, so for those that are listening, I mean, you know, th this is, this is not paid. It's not an advertisement. It's not anything of that nature. I mean, this is, this is truly speaking, this is stuff that, 
that we we buy, we use, and you know, it's just getting information out there. That I mean, I'm I'm coming up on 50, 50 years old, and the pain I feel today is far more than the pain I felt a couple years ago, oh, yeah. and more than. So right now, my recovery is becoming a more active part of my daily life. I never thought about it in my 20s. I certainly never thought about my 30s. But at this point in time, that recovery is becoming so much more important to me. Um, And that was one of the reasons why we just, you know, one, we think you and Kyle are extremely interesting people. Um, We love having gotten to know you guys and everything else. Um, and, And so ultimately, we just wanted to be able to share with, with everybody else. Well, we really appreciate that. I'm really, really happy that the things that we make are actually helping people. Cause that was, that was our goal really is being able to help people in a meaningful way. And especially with pain, you know, there are so many opioid addictions out there and you know, people feeling real pain, but they're brought into things that aren't necessarily going to help them in the long run. So, um, Oh, I just dropped my sap. But if you want to check out <laughs> our website, um, it's heritage-herbs.com. And we have most of our things up there. I don't have the CBD sap up there just because credit card processors are really weird with the CBD right now. So I usually will like do that, you know, as a, an, or, uh, an ordered basis, you know, if you want to order one. So we have like the one ounce roll on, we have a two ounce roll on. And all Dark Wolf family get a 15% discount on everything, including this. Um, so I know a lot of people have been using the CBD salve and are having good uh, results. So also, we're on Instagram. I'm just the worst at social media. So you, you can find <laughs> us on, on Instagram. Um, and, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm probably friends with most of the people that will, will watch. So if you ever need anything or have any questions, you can always reach out. I love talking about this stuff. I'm such a nerd with herbs and all that. So... If you ever have any questions about herbs or anything, I will answer them to the best of my ability. I'm not a certified herbalist, but I've been studying for many years, so I know a thing or two. Um, so that's pretty much it. Um, the website is where you can buy most of the products. If there's something up there that you, well, if there's something not up there that you would like me to make, I'm always down to try stuff. Um, so yeah, just get in touch with me and I will help you to the best of my ability. Awesome, perfect. Well, thank you so much for yes. taking time out of your day to hang out with us. Absolutely. And uh, have lunch with us. <laughs> yes. Oh, this was your lunch break. You guys are so awesome. You guys are some of the most hardest working people I've ever met. So it's a pleasure to chat with you. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening. This is your host, David Lowson. And your other host, Melissa Lowson. We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away. We're also always looking for sponsors. Just so. PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets. Awesome. Thank you.